0: This Fab FM podcast is proudly brought to you by Bendigo Bank, Port Douglas and Mossman. Offering a full range of competitive banking products and technology you'd expect from a big bank with the personal service and care you'd expect from us. Drop into your nearest branch at Port Village Shopping Centre or Front Street, Mossman. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Andrew, how are you? I'm very well, and you? Oh, good stuff, mate. Have you been so vaccinated?
1: My, I have been vaccinated. I've had my two vaccines and I'm feeling great.
0: And which one did you have?
1: I had the Pfizer.
0: Okay, that's my preference too. I might talk to you about that in a tick. But well, look, we've talked about the Australian Digital Health Agency before, but you've got some more information, particularly with the vaccination that's going on at the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, really, it actually was, um, you know, um, it relates to your My Health Record. Um, so with your My Health Record, which is your digital online filing cabinet, born of a better term, where all that information from your GP and your pharmacist and your specialist and blood test results, you can be u- uploaded. So you can carry that with you no matter where you go. We're also seeing a recent upgrade that means your immunisation information is also going to be in there and it's going to be easier to see and to share.
0: That is fantastic. Um, so with the, the vaccinations at the moment, what's your thoughts on how it's going?
1: Look, I think, you know, like everything that's as important as the vaccination in this country, I think we'd all like it to be um, to be better. <laughs> I think we'd like it to have happened yesterday and all be over and we'd be, you know, potentially not seeing so many lockdowns and moving on with things. But I think in reality, anything as large as this is always going to have a few hiccups along the way. And I think as a country, we need to make sure that we continue to support the rollout and do what we can to make sure that we, you know, roll up our sleeves and get our vaccination when we're ready. I think it's important that, you know, Also, we we start to get good information shared with people that may have um, some concerns about, you know, when they're due for their vaccine or which type of vaccine. And I think we probably um, may have in the early stages focused on the wrong thing. And I think that that probably made things more difficult for people when it comes to actually, um, you know, being confident in in getting their vaccination.
0: What did we concentrate uh, that was the wrong thing?
1: We concentrated on a very low risks associated with some of the side effects that were, and and I think the communication of those risks wasn't necessarily done in a way where the best information was shared with people. The relative risk associated with certain vaccines and certain side effects, and I think you know rightly so, people get concerned. If people aren't given you know the full picture and they're not given it in such a way that is actually measured and and um, and reasonable, it does tend to raise more questions. And I think that what we're starting to see now more is people starting to get good information, starting to understand that with everything there are going to be side effects um, and understanding exactly what the actual risk is Versus what the perceived risk might be with with certain with certain outlets and certain distributors of, of information.
0: There has been a, a people being hesitant re AstraZeneca. I must admit, Andrew, it, it's been something that I've been hesitant about. I'm I'm quite happy to get the Pfizer, but the AstraZeneca, I, I know it's only a small amount of people get these blood clots and what have you, but. But that seems to be the feeling amongst uh, my friends and it seems to be the community that this AstraZeneca may have not been the one that people would like to dive into first. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a fair and reasonable approach. But again, I think that comes back, back to how the information has been shared. So all vaccinations have side effects associated with them. And unfortunately, in certain circumstances, those are poor outcomes. When it comes to the AstraZeneca vaccine, um, the the risk of getting that vaccine and and of the the 24 people in Australia um, that have had an adverse side effect associated with it to do with those clots, um, compared to the, the, the number of people that have actually received. It. It's an extremely low percentage, and it's even lower when you look at the broader numbers across the UK where um, um, millions of doses have been provided. But I guess it does come down to people making their decision for themselves and being informed. I just think it's important for them to understand that the actual risk rather than, the, than you know, for want of a better term, so, sometimes the, the, the need to get some clickbait and some media hype um, I think sometimes tracks the actual conversation. Um, and I think that that's, that's damaging to people because there is a responsibility within the media to provide good information, um, the full picture, so people can make a good decision. But I think it's important for that conversation to happen with experts. So if you do have concerns, I'd be talking to your doctor about it.
0: Mm. Um, what a, and, and brand of whether it's AstraZeneca, Pfizer or Moderna or any other uh, particular vaccine, uh, what have you been hearing about side effects from it, different side effects? I was talking to a friend last night on the phone and they'd had AstraZeneca and uh, the husband, he was fine, no side effects at all, but she actually got chills and she said she was incredibly cold for hours. And then when she woke up the next morning, she was fine, but... Uh, was very, very cold.
1: So the idea is to understand what's the point of the vaccine. So the point of the vaccine is to introduce a part of the virus that then stimulates your immune system so that next time the virus shows up, you've got an immunity to it. Your immune response is actually what you feel when you get infected by anything. So whether you get a fever, whether you get headaches, chills, that's your immune system responding to that, um, to that pathogen that's been exposed. So it's not uncommon for people to have mild side effects associated with their immune response being kicked into gear uh, to do with that that vaccine. Now, um, there's the common side effects. So, so feeling a little bit feverish, a little bit unwell, maybe headache, having a, a maybe a slightly sore arm. These these are expected side effects, and it's not uncommon because. As I just mentioned, the whole point is that what you're trying to do is you're trying to get your immune system to build up of that that, that uh, memory and that that uh, ability, those antibodies, to be able to fight that virus when it shows up. But but as is proven by your story, everybody is different. Mm. Some people may have mild side effects. Some people may have no side effects at all. Other people's um, may have worse side effects. But the reality is that you know it's been approved by not only the Australian um, Therapeutic Goods uh, Administration, but obviously all of those. Um, bodies around the world that it's deemed to be safe to be injected into the population and again We're not just talking about something that we're doing for uh, because we've got nothing better to do I think we need to remember and put in perspective that the entire globe is currently in, in In the grips of something that has changed the way we all exist economies are in dire straits You know, there are lives being lost and I think that we've been very lucky in this country to only really experience a small portion of what the uh, the actual COVID-19 pandemic has been like for so many other parts of the world. So I think we do live in a little bit of a privileged idea that, that maybe, you know, we can... <laughs> ..that the vaccine may not be as important to us as it is to other parts of the world. But unfortunately, the truth is we won't get back to travel or reduction in lockdowns or any of that until we all get to the point where we've got that large percentage of the population vaccinated.
0: Yes, that brings us back to your My Health Record. And I guess that also would contain stuff like, for example, allergies. That, that is super important to be able to have that recorded.
1: Absolutely. And so that's where the My Health Record helps those decision-making processes when it comes to you know, when you're eligible for the vaccine and which vaccine you should be getting. So that information in there, which includes your allergies, whether you've ever had any anaphylaxis, which is the severe version of, a, of an allergic reaction. Um, whether you're in a position where maybe you've had, you've been on certain medications, th- these are things and that information that's important for your healthcare professional to be able to see to help make the best t- decision for you. Not only for the COVID nineteen vaccine, but for all decisions in healthcare, information is arguably one of the most valuable things. And if we can make sure it's in that that one place, it's easy to see, streamlines that decision making.
0: I think it's fantastic. My health record. Uh, just before we go, uh, we'll talk about how they can access that. Just one last question for you, and without notice: uh, chemists, pharmacies getting um, permission to be able to give the vaccine, good or bad?
1: I think ultimately it comes down to the decision makers who are who are looking at how how quickly and how safely we can roll out this vaccine, and I think that's the priority for for the decision makers that are informing you know our our, politici- our politicians that are creating the system. Now, whether that that includes you know, a broader reach into the community and does involve some of our pharmacists. I think that comes down to, you know, deciding, one, what are the outcomes we're trying to achieve? Do they fit the safety profile? And does this mean we can get to our desired outcome, which is to have the majority of the population vaccinated? Um, I think these are all more difficult decisions than just, you know, let's, let's make sure that everybody who can give a vaccine has access to be able to provide that. And I think that that's, that's the difference between this vaccine rollout and other vaccine rollout. So with influenza... It's occurred. We know what happens. We have better information about um, being able to predict how that will occur. And so, you know, GPs being able to do that, our, ph- our wonderful pharmacists being able to do that, it makes sense. The difference okay. with COVID-19 is this is new and we're continuing to try to gather as much information as we can to make sure the community is safe during this, this period of time.
0: Oh, I'm glad you said that, because I think the pharmacies just want to get in there and help, and I, I think sometimes you have the doctors versus the pharmacies, you know, how far they can go into the world of the, the medico, but I think in this particular case, this is, has never happened to us before, and I think, you know, if other people can help and get the vaccination sped up a little bit, I know it's not a race, but uh, if it can be sped up a little bit, I think that's a good thing, don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that comes down to, you know, the logistics of a public health, I guess, um, scenario like we've never seen before, how can we start to utilise those resources within the community to reach that end point? And people aren't saying it's a race, but the reality is the quicker we get to a point where the vast majority of us are vaccinated, the quicker we can start making decisions about travel and, and about restrictions, that not, not necessarily being so harsh. And they're all very important to the broader community when it comes to economy, jobs, people's mental health. And so I think that is, it is something that needs to be addressed. Um, and ultimately, you know, uh, the the best systems put in place to reach that goal.
0: Okay, how do people access their MHR, their My Health Record?
1: If you jump onto myhealthrecord.gov.au, you'll be able to see and be walked through the steps there. It's about linking up your MyGov account. Once you've linked up that MyGov account, that'll then give you access to your My Health Record. You'll be able to go in there, um, update any of your personal details so that you can get contacted um when information's added to your my health record um and also you you take control of those privacy settings so the people that want it to be you want to be able to see that information can
0: thank you Andrew uh, once again you explain things in simple ways you don't okay. dazzle us with science and we appreciate that <laughs>
1: The science behind it, yes. my job to try, it's my job to try to decipher it in such a way where it's actually useful. So I do appreciate you saying that. No,
0: well, it's, it's true. Whenever I listen to you or watch you on the telly, you always bring it down to how uh, the common man or woman can understand it, and we thank you for that and doing that. Thank you, and we'll catch up with you next time.
1: My pleasure. Have a great day.